0: Jamie Panetta, and this is the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. I'm a queer non-binary trans person and my ancestors are Tagalog and Chinoy. My healing arts practice is located at fruit camp in Baltimore, Maryland. I am so excited for this next, next guest because they're absolutely positively luscious. Joy Tabernacle Kemet is a hoodoo, healer, mother, artist, ceremonialist, spiritual teacher, liberation mystic, and opulence. She is a guide to intense, passionate, powerful beings that carry big, wild, beautiful mojo medicine and magic that requires deep support, radical witnessing, courageous choice and resident, resonant clarity for expansion and expression. Hi, Joy, welcome to the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I am very excited to be here, very excited to be talking with you. You know, you know, I love you, Jamie. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you, too. Um, where are you, by the way? Uh, right now, I am in Virginia at a state park, just awesome. sitting in my, sitting in my motor home, So it looks
0: really sunny and blue where you are.
1: It is also really chilly, but the fall <laughs> colors are giving. I wish I could show you, but me, I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah. That's fall gorgeous. Is falling, yes. Yeah, it's cold here in Baltimore, too. I, I woke up and it was in the 30s. And I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready right? for this amount of cold. Right? But it is what it I is.
1: To, yeah, I have to travel up to Pennsylvania tomorrow, and I'm just like, I I can't wait to be going south or southwest as soon as possible. Not looking forward to cold temperatures, but, you know.
0: It will be delicious when you finally get to be in the warm again.
1: Mm, In the desert. That's where I want to be. I'm excited for that. I've only been to the desert once and... The energy there was amazing, and I can't wait to go back and just be there for a while.
0: I'm like, I have such compersion for that. I am looking forward to you being
1: there as well, and what that
0: feels like in your body and what that feels like energetically. I grew up in Southern California, so that like warm, dry heat is very much my thing. I like it. Mm. So I generally write down questions for folks whenever we do uh an interview for the podcast to kind of guide um what we talk about but I you're the first person where I am taking like direct quotes from what you wrote down just because I loved how I just loved how you wrote them I love how poetic they sound um <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm going to start off with one quote that is I am decolonizing the ideas of divine and spirit. And I would love to understand what that means to you. I know what that means to me, but what does that mean to you?
1: You know, it, it's, it's something that, uh, when people talk about divine and spirit, it is so fraught with um, the histories of violence and war and colonialism. Um, that have culminated in where we are at in the world right now. Um, the diplomatic, the socio-magic, the religious arm of war um, worked diligently over overtime to colonize people's ideas of divine, of spirit, to reshape them in the image of the colonizers and to really redefine possibility. Um, How do I say this? Sorry, I got a little drifty there. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I get a little drifty getting into into the ideas, but really Drift, you know, when you think about <laughs> when you think about divine and, and and spirit and uh the ideas that most of us in Western society were given of divine and spirit are so narrow um and they are defined by the societies that we live in. so when a when a people is colonized, the religious, you know, we all know the history that um, the religious arm of the colonizers uh, army uh, goes in and uh, wipes out any trace of indigenous spirituality, wipes out any trace of as much traces as possible of animism, wipes out um, the language, wipes out the cultural uh context of divine it replaces it with a, and has generally replaced it with the sort of all-purpose god and this god this new god um the the point of this and i like i think that this is an important thing because it it it, it matters whether or not you actually you know are deeply spiritual or not uh, the point of this is to constrain the ideas of a people because when you can control what they think God is, or who they think divine is, or what they think is possible, they it, it controls uh, their idea of the world and their idea of what is possible for them. So, so much, so much of the warfare that all that a lot of us experience internally and externally, a lot of the oppression that we experience uh, has to do with the idea of this very miserly um, uh, Christian God that sits up with lightning bolts and, uh, and some treats for his chosen people. And if you beg hard enough, then God will maybe give you something if you're a good enough person and that idea of divine and that idea of spirit it first of all it renders most people emotionally and spiritually immature because if your idea of divine and spirit is one that um that one is a relationship between an angry unloving parent or an angry punishing parent and you as a child You can never grow up. You can never mature in that relationship. And it also means that you never have access to your own power. You don't know the expanse of who you are, the expanse of what's possible for you. Your focus is on pleasing this external authority figure whose goalposts about what is good and what is Bad is ever changing. So even if you didn't grow up Christian, if you grew up in any sort of Western society, you still get the whiff of that. And strange, what people see is possible not just for themselves, but possible for society, possible for each other, possible for their families, possible for their children. You know, and it helps to sort of keep all of this bullshit going. I, I did that make any sense? Yes, <laughs> that absolutely
0: makes sense. Um, yeah, and it like what you're saying is also bringing up for me how distracting that is because if that power and that divinity always exists outside of you, and some other force is gatekeeping it, or at least that's the illusion that we're being presented, like how, how, how could we even understand that we are divine, that our ancestors are divine, that we are in touch with so much power, um, but it's not power to hoard, right? Like it's power that comes from relationship that is that is more collective and like like a colonizer way of relating to divinity is like you don't get to touch that unless someone else tells you unless someone else in power deems to grant it to you
1: and it it creates this internal sense of insecurity and lack because it doesn't it just doesn't work that way. Fundamentally, those mechanics are broken, you know, the mechanics of beseeching uh, a God that, you know, is sitting there keeping a scoreboard, this sort of like this cosmic Santa, except, you know, more mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, it just does not work like that. It doesn't, you know, and so even when people are on their spiritual journeys and, they um continue to do things like, for instance, like the Wiccan rule of three or, you know, these other things that are still influenced by these very Christian principles. And then they find out that their spiritualities are not necessarily uh, working for them is because it just doesn't work like that. It may, scarcity and lack are so intrinsic in this society because they're because we are trained away from our power because we are trained away from a relationship with divine that's actually fruitful and generative and life giving and, and 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 expansive and and you know it, it, we are trained away from life itself we are trained into a superstitious fear. Of life, you know. Our son, my son, he was like he did one of those precocious things. You know, like one of those things you see on the internet. If your child didn't say that. Like three years old. Um, and he he said, "Mom, this God's name." You know, so I gave him a name of God. He said, "No, God's name is life." I was like, "What? God's name is life." You know, like the ever moving, you know, cosmos just singing and moving through you and you're, you're, you know, you are also a part of this expansion of divine like it and we are interrelated and interconnected and it's this beautiful, you know, orgasmic explosion of beingness just propelling itself along the edges of the universe like this beautiful like dance this cosmic dance that we are all being invited to participate and dance in but because we live in this society we're trained to just like oh no I can't I can't, because if I do that, God's going to strike me down. I'm going to get the lightning. I'm going to get the, you know, and so we're just like, a lot of us are just sitting here terrified in these little boxes. And then we intellectually do this thing that we think is decolonizing, where we start talking about like, oh yes, I'm God. Oh yes, I'm, I'm powerful. I'm magic. I'm witchy. I'm, you know, this, I'm that, you know, but internally we still have this real deep terror you know, of actually engaging and being with life, you know, of actually falling in love with the experience that is us of actually like engaging deeply with the core of our power and allowing ourselves to paint with that on like, the- canvas of our existence you know what i'm saying because that's what we're here for if we're not doing that if we're sitting long on the sidelines waiting for god to sort of open the door and make something happen for us you know then we are in an emotionally stunted place so if you look all over this society you see people who are emotionally stunted who are wringing their hands about the 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 you know everything that's going on and have forgotten abandoned and neglected that which is most powerful inside of them
0: mm-hmm I'm just sitting with that like just receiving the medicine I as someone like I am someone who grew up in a Christian household and most of my family is actually Catholic and so it took me many years to realize like even though after even though I had stepped away from that kind of um, spiritual practice, I was still emulating it in different ways, emulating it in how I was doing activist work, in how I was um, relating to my friends or relating to uh, romantic relationships that I was in, where it was not from a place of, of joyful power. Like it was always from a place of fear. Like, am I doing it right? Am I ethical enough? Am I um, being in? Am I am I doing the politics in a way that's actually just? And it actually made me smaller. Yeah. Like I had replaced, um, like this sort of like Christian way of thinking about things, with a more activisty political way of thinking about things. Where on the surface. It's like values driven and connected to um, social justice stuff, but underneath it I hadn't cleared away that other um, foundation of disempowerment.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and a lot of people do that, whether it's through social justice or through non-christian or non-traditional spiritual walks or you know things that are quote-unquote counterculture, which you find is is that the the foundation of how they think about reality is still very much tied to this idea of you know life and god as a as a as a mechanism for punishment so you can replace god with you know um the fear of i don't want to say being canceled because some motherfuckers need to be canceled but you know like (laughs) the fear of ostracization or the fear of saying the wrong thing you know with people or, or you can replace that with you can replace the Christian the fear of the Christian God with like this this really westernized this really like appropriated idea of karma you know that's really not at all has n- almost nothing to do with karma as it is known you know in this original system so like you like in in, uh, in, mo- in a lot of places you see people who are ad- donning the costumes right They're donning the costumes of of uh, of a more ethical or a more loving religion or even they're donning the costumes of justice or they're donning the costumes of, you know, oh, we all want a world that everybody is free and everybody is love and everybody is whole. But the mechanisms that people use in their lives are still punishing. The mechanisms that people use in our own on themselves are still harmful. You know, the mechanisms that we use with each other are still harmful. You know, so it, until we address not just the context right of our experience or the dressings of what we do, but really get down into this fundamental, this is the way that I have been taught to see the world this is the way that I've been taught to see reality Mm -hmm. and I'm actually deeply terrified to step away from that you know Mm -hmm. like I would you know I grew up very very Christian I had to get to a point in my life where I was like I don't care if I go to hell like I actually had to accept the idea that I might go I don't care if I go to hell I can't do this no more I cannot be afraid, I cannot be shackled to this fear of hell that I have, you know, Mm. because otherwise hell will just be hell, hell, hell will show up in a different costume. You know, so it is incumbent upon people who are seeking to be truly liberated to not just change the costume of their beliefs, but to actually get in to that foundation. And free yourself from the confines of of, of smallness, from the confines of, of fear, because life is not again life is not against you, life is not against us, life is not a a prison. You know, the prison that we find ourselves trapped in, that's just societal bullshit.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you how do you walk that tension of knowing that and then existing within a society that has for some people so much structural restriction
1: i mean i feel like as a black queer woman mother of five who has been deeply like enmeshed in like systems of lack of scarcity of all of that like i just you know i go first of all i go to my inner sanctum i release everything that is not me because although i may be i may be experiencing symptoms of a scarcity that scarcity isn't me you know that scarcity is not me. It is not mine. That belongs to society. It don't belong to me. That shit don't belong to me. You know. Also, the other thing is, for me, as a hoodoo woman, as like, there ain't, there has never been a time in the history of Africans being over here. You know, people who whose I come from a people whose ancestors were enslaved. You know, on on these shores, there has never been a time where the Black people in this country have completely accepted subjugation, have accepted scarcity and lack, have accepted enslavement, have accepted oppression, have accepted, you know, smallness, have accepted the lot that was prescribed to them by people who felt the need to dominate. You know, hoodoo is a martial tradition that comes from not accepting that bullshit. You know, so in, in our lineages, you know, we had people who, you know, we didn't have to rent and we prayed and we did what we needed to do. We got in our prayer closet and the next day we had to rent. You know, that's life. That's God. That's divine. You know, we never accepted that. Harriet Tubman said, my people are free. She didn't say my people's going to be free in the bye and by. My people will be free someday in 2080. She said in the midst of enslavement, she said, my people are free. And her determination that that was the truth led her to not only lead the Underground Railroad, but at the Combahee River to change the course of the entire Civil War, because a lot of people don't know, but the Confederacy was winning. So, you know, I I don't, I don't come from a people who rest in oppression is truth. And I don't accept it for myself. I accept that there are violences that happen. You know, I accept that traumas have happened and continue to happen. I accept that we are at war, (laughs) you know. But I will never and have never. And will never for anybody else accept that oppression is the truth of who I am. It's not. That is not my name. That's some bullshit that somebody that people try to put on me. People try to put on us, but it ain't who we is.
0: Thank you for that. That leads perfectly into my next question. And it's how do how do people access their own medicine, their own guidance and their wisdom?
1: The first thing that I would say to anybody who is looking to take that first step is to leave should and shouldn't at the door. Because everything that you've been taught you should do or you shouldn't do has come from something somewhere that is not you and i'm not saying not saying that all the guidance that you've ever gotten is bad or all the advice that you've ever received is bad but if you're looking to find that still quiet voice you got to leave the shoulds and the shouldn'ts at the door (sighs) that's what i would say first and foremost um The second thing I was saying, and I think this is contradictory to a lot of people that to what a lot of people think, is to really let yourself feel what it is that you desire for yourself, you know most people know the feeling of uh. Oh my, like, you know, I really, really, really want, like, I want this thing so that my life will be better. Or like, I I want, like, I want this, I want this, I want my bill paid. I want this, you know, money so that, uh, you know, all this shit will stop happening around me. But when I say let yourself feel desire, what I mean is what, when you think about it, makes you feel free, excites you, opens you up, expands you. What when you think about it puts a light in your eyes? What when you think about it fills your belly with fire? What when you think about it, uh, when you think about stepping onto that path, do you feel lighter? Do you feel less weighted? Do you feel more whole? What when you think about it guides you towards home? What when you think about it makes you feel more like yourself, makes you feel more solid, gives you more clarity? What, when you think about it, doesn't, it makes you feel like your burdens don't belong to just you. And then you take steps towards that. You take steps towards that. See, people get caught up, especially in this society with like, you know, i uh, giving talking about shit that's not like, you know, beginner level shit, because most people are like, okay, we got to manifest the thing. we got to make the thing happen. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to go light the candles and do the thing and 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 make and make and make a car appear make a house appear make make love appear make money appear and i'm not saying that those things are wrong cuz they're not they're not wrong and sometimes we kind of get stuck there you know when there is um Something entirely and completely loving and beautiful and terrifying and alivening and divine that that wants your attention, you know so you know i'm not saying that people shouldn't do manifestations or do the affirmations or do the rituals for those things i'm not saying that at all and to step towards your truth is to step towards that thing you know to step in anybody stepping towards their truth is stepping towards divine
0: Mm -hmm. i think that um that discernment that you're making is so important that it's not, you're not just going through like a rote activity, like you're not just going through certain steps. Like the, the discernment with, with, with how you use pleasure, I think is, is something that I think about a lot because we've had conversations on this topic before where, um, is the pleasure, is is what you think pleasure, is it actually hedonism? Is it a distraction or a numbing out? Or is it something, um, is it the type of pleasure that's actually life-giving to you? And what does it mean to follow that and let that kind of pleasure, let that joy um, guide your decisions versus letting fear guide your decisions? I think is important. And that to me, that's such a, it's so contrary to what we've been taught if we grew up in in more of a Christian tradition or in a, even if you're not Christian and you, you live in the U.S., it is a Christian society because that has influenced how we interact with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Even
0: if you're not Christian, even if you're not white.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I just, yeah. I really appreciate how, how you're discerning those thing, all of those things, because it's, it's tricky. Like on the surface, they look all the same. Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you're not paying attention, you're not actually listening to yourself, but like, how could you listen to yourself if you've been indoctrinated to listen to a higher authority outside of you? Mm
1: -hmm. That, that is such a journey. And if that higher authority is fear. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, like most people in this society are caught in the thrall and the maw of fear, you know, and that's for a good reason because violence is the thing that keeps the society running. You know what I'm saying? The point of the violence is the fear. Violence, continual systemic violence for hundreds of hundreds of years creates a populace that is afraid. So most of us are enthralled to fear. And that is not like that's not like you know blame or you know to shame or to even you know to say but say say that that's wrong. But when that is that when that is the authority figure in your life, then you're consistently the choices that you make will be choices that are in devotion to that fear. It it just works that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it just works that way
0: it's so it's such a simple idea like a a simple elegant idea but there's so much nuance and it's not something that like for me at least those ideas are something i'm trying to learn with my whole entire being like i get it intellectually
1: um -hmm. yeah
0: but to actually practice it and live it is that's a whole other thing
1: Oh, for sure. And it's not something, and that's why I said it, it's not to blame or to shame because it's mm-hmm. not like, oh no, I need to go out here and conquer my fears, you know? No, because that's still like, first of all, that's still making fear the center and authority of your life. And also like that, it leads to like, you know, you know, like you ever see like those white masculinist, like spiritual people who are like, they're they're doing the primal shit and they're like out there, <laughs> you know, in the yes. and they're doing sweatlines.
0: they've always got like top knots and
1: (laughs) yeah like that's that's what that's so bullshit leads to so i'm not saying like this and go out here and conquer your fears and go out here and like you know, but it, it it is, you know that there is something else, and we all have had access to this something else like this is not something that i'm just like. pulling out of the sky like yeah i've been contacted by aliens and the aliens told me this thing, no, we have all had experiences moments of clear. Moments of understanding the truth of who we are, moments of completeness, moments of being connected to something that was greater, moments of feeling, you know, the magic and the mystery and the miracle of the moment. We've all had these experiences of something that cannot be explained within the current dominant system of fear, which means that it's not, entire, it's not real. It can't be according to its own laws. If if this system is everything and this is all that there is and this is reality and this is mundane and all of that magic woo-woo shit and all of that spiritual shit doesn't matter and it doesn't mean anything, then none of us would have those experiences. But we all, without fail, have these magical, mystical experiences that cannot be explained within the current physics of the systems of domination. And so therefore, that means somebody fucking (laughs) lied.
0: Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and so our job is not to try to conquer this system of domination, but our job is to get curious about what the truth is. You know, our job is to get curious about that thing that is that, that we know to be true because we've experienced it and to not let ourselves be subsumed by the gaslighting that is society. You know, so I'm not saying go out here and fight it with a baseball bat and brass knuckles. You know, but to consistently come back to the thing that has fed you, consistently come back to the thing that's nurtured you, consistently come back to the thing that makes you feel bigger and more alive and more whole and more free, consistently come back to that. And then then the more that you do that, the more that you have crafted and create a pathway to miracles, a pathway to divine, a pathway to liberation through the acts of devotion, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Speaking of being curious... A few weeks ago, you uh, emailed me about Edge and Bloom, and I would love for you to talk about that with with our listeners.
1: How to talk about Edge and Bloom? Edge and Bloom is a complete bafflement. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is the place. Edge and Bloom is a thirteen month uh mystery school movement, all of that, but I'm not even going to put too many labels on it because it, this is not a place, what, Edge and Bloom is not a program that you come to because I've made promises. I make no promises about what Edge and Bloom is. Edge and Bloom is a place that you come to when you want to devote yourself To the experience of rapture that is life when you want to devote yourself to being in the fullness of your existence. So it's it is a place I mean, of course, we're going to be doing shit, you know, like we'll be meeting and we're going to have ritual and ceremony and all of those things. But Edge and Bloom is designed to completely fucking confuddle you. It is an uh, autonomous zone that does not live within anybody's ideas of what is possible. It is for six people who want to go on a real fucking wild ride and experience the edges of the unknown, walk into the dark, get to know themselves and their soul, listen real clearly to who they are, get real, get real solid in their own truth and their own power. Like, it's for, it's, it's for that. Like, it's for that, you know? It is a clarifying, initiatory movement. So, you know, if your soul, if your soul feels that shit, you know, if your soul feels that, then you should contact me. Well, I'm I'm not going to say should, but I invite you to contact me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have I've been in circle with you many times now, and I never really know where it's going to go but it's always going to go where it needs to go.
1: Yeah. And and yeah. Oh, just
0: that I have witnessed, you know, my own transformations um, working with you. And then also just being in the presence of other divine beings who are in the in whatever cohort I've been in uh, has been really beautiful. Like I'm, I'm getting medicine just in proximity to the other folks that you gather in circle, and you always gather people with a lot of intention.
1: Yeah, I um, I, you know, well, you you already know how I feel about you, so yeah, you know, when I when I gather you with intention, I gather with you with intention, because <laughs> I, uh, you know, you, well, we we'll talk about that another time, but. Well, and you already know, but Edge and Bloom is yeah, it's not um it is like that. I this is not something that's prescripted. Like I don't generally do prescriptions, you know that about me. Um it's a place where I am challenging my own edges. So you've been in circle with me. I know that age and bloom is going to be that much more intense, that much more deep, that much more rich, that much more free, you know, that much is it's going to be a like a container where you are walking through the fires of your own soul. Like I can't just des- I can't really describe it. I hope y'all are getting a feeling. I hope you're getting a feeling from it because, you know, catch the whiff of the essence of it, you know. I'm doing my best to try to to try to um, give English words to it, but um, mm-hmm. it it re, it refuses to be defined in those ways.
0: Is there is there an experience that you can liken to it?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like the easy lazy uh, experience would probably be childbirth. You know giving birth to yourself but I I don't is there an experience you say giving birth
0: to yourself as if it is a casual experience
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing casual or easy about that I I sit I sit I I sit in a rarefied air of people who are intentional about giving birth to themselves continuously. You know, you being one of those people. You know the type of people that I hang out with. So when I say giving birth, her, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I expect that there's a certain amount of resonance that people have mm-hmm. with that. Um, but I would I I would liken it to um well, I would say this, this is, this is a place where you will take radical responsibility for yourself, for your life, for your path, for your own power. It is moving from God as a parent, as strictly a parent, to life as a partner, you know, it is dancing in the, uh, dancing in the beautiful cosmic web that we are and like applying that shit to your life i don't even it's still it's it's mm and it's and it's and it's and it's and it's a it's not where you come it's it's not a place to come for stability like for for i'm not going to say stability for stagnation it's not a place that you're going to come for short answers it's a spiritual work you know for some time um you still there yes
0: looks like you might be frozen you back
1: i think i was like what happened so you know it it's probably it's probably not a good look you know that i'm continuously struggling with describing this program that i would so love to play play with people in um but it's not a place that you come if you want some if you want assurances and you want promises it is a place that you come if you've been doing spiritual work you know if you've been on the road if you have um like if you've reached a certain level of maturity on your path and you're you want to play all the way to the edge mm-hmm. you know and you want to feel the fullness of your relationship with the band you don't want the intellectual you don't want the um you don't just want the uh like the 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 means and the shit that you you know that you know everybody's saying but nobody's really applying you really want to apply these principles these you know these understandings of reality and really walk and live in that it is again it's an initiatory path it's the difference between belief and knowing you know a lot of people believe shit like people believe that they're spiritual that they you know that they're healers that they're gods that they're goddesses that they're this that they're that you know that you know they're priests and all of these other things but they don't know it you know Edge and bloom is where you know it because you experience it, you know. So that's why I think that I am having trouble summarizing it because it's not an intellectual exercise, Mm -hmm. you know. There is no script. There is no curriculum. It is us in a circle together and divine. It is ceremony. It is ritual. It is walking into the night. It is moving through the forest. It is getting baptized. It is... You know, screaming, wailing, crying, loving, bliss, like it's a fucking mess, just like life, and it's going to be beautiful,
0: <laughs> yes, I have not been in in circle with you where someone has't cried at some point, <laughs> not saying that, like you have to like someone needs to cry in every session, but just to illustrate um the intensity with which we sit in circle together. And that there, there is, everyone is on some kind of transformative path that is specific to them as an individual, but it's all connected to everybody else, as well. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate, which I, I, I see why it is hard to describe the program, because it's going to be different for each person. And we're going to be digging into. You're going to be digging into um, stuff that is like not easy to look at sometimes.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, I it is a play a place. I don't consider it a program, but a journey and a movement. A place and a place that will answer questions that you have and question answers that you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so befuddlement
0: befuddlement. (laughs) So how do folks connect with you so that they can be further befuddled?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The best place to get in contact with me is on my Instagram, which is um, tabernacle.life, T-A-B-E-R-N-A-C-L-E.life, L-I-F-E that's the best place for people to contact me. They can also go on my website, which is www.tabernacle.life. But if you try to get on Edge and Bloom, you will need a password. So you should just DM me. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Um. Last but not least, uh, what BIPOC group or individual would you like to
1: uplift for our community shout out? Ooh, hold on, let me pull up this Instagram page real quick so I can make sure that I get their name right. It is called Loving, Single, Loving Black Single Mothers and it's on Instagram, um, Loving Black Single Mothers and they also have a website that is lovingblacksinglemothers.com and they raise money for black single mothers and yeah i don't there's so much that i could say about why that's important um but it's some of the most profound transform like if you want to transform society if you want if you are about that work and that's that's what you're interested in the best thing that you can do is give black single mothers money, I swear, you know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank
0: you for for sharing their um, information. So folks, check them out, uh, redistribute resources, support them however you can. All right, thank you so much, Joy, for this conversation, for um, every time I talk to you, I feel like I've gone to church. So thank you for that too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, 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 you know that that church background it, it you know it's always going to flavor you a little bit yeah but know? it's like it's like the good flavor it's the good part <laughs> yeah 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 it's not bad church yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the part that was co-opted you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and well we'll get into that in another private conversation about <laughs> that but thank you for thank you for allowing me to get up in a pulpit today i really appreciate you and love you and love the spaces that you're cultivating so thank you thank you
0: Announcements for this episode. The first one is that I am continuing to divest from my presence on social media or my engagement with social media. Um, So I encourage folks to sign up for my newsletter. That's where I'm going to be putting my most up-to-date information about my practice and also about this podcast um, and also share this podcast. That's always really helpful when you can help me connect to folks that are really a good match for me to um, do community medicine with, to learn about, learn from. Um, I love when people can, can get that word of mouth going. My second announcement is that I've taken down the zine shop that I had on my website and I've decided to just make the zines available for folks on my Patreon at all tiers. It's a little bit simpler, streamlined the process for me and more folks get to access those zines. So they're on there now. Um, it's the collection of the five phase or five element zine. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Third, I am very excited to announce that the Digital Altar, a gender fucked grimoire for the community, which is now live. So this offering is curated by The Living Altar, Baby Reckless, Jasmina Von Teel, and it's edited by Jasmina Von Teel. And it is a collection of several different community witches on there that have offered up their writing, their music, their artwork. I've got a few pieces in there, so go ahead and check that out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you all to go and see that i wasn't going to do this but i've decided to schedule some qigong classes for qt by pgm because i really just missed it and i think that we could all use a little nourishment this winter especially within community there's a lot of fucked up shit happening and i just i was really craving that uh, communal healing space and i thought that other people might want that as well so you can see the schedule on my website it is at jamie-panetta-lac.com. I am continuing to do bonus episodes on my Patreon, so that's been kind of fun, and I think I'm gonna continue doing that. So episodes on there will be coming out every new moon for the time being. And last but not least, a couple of Patreon shout-outs to Leilani Murskowski and Christine Maribai-McLean. Hopefully I pronounced your names correctly. I apologize if I haven't. And for folks who don't know the Patreon, the funds from Patreon help to support captions for the podcast and also help with scholarships and citing scale for QT by PGM Qigong so that we can keep that as accessible as possible. Maraming salamat for listening to the Decolonizing Medicine podcast. Music is by Ambral Heda, Head Candy, and Rocky Marciano. Big thanks to Kuwan McCann for audio engineering all of the episodes. And last but not least, thank you to all our listeners and supporters out there. Ingat.